Good evening, everyone. My name is Dan B. from Michigan. I'm a grateful compulsive reader. And for me today, recovery means going to any length to stay abstinent. I'm also here with another message tonight, not only my own story, but another message that we can all stop trying to be perfect and we can start being remarkable by following the tools, steps, and traditions of this incredible program. I first came into uh, the program about 40 years ago. At that time, I'd almost choked to death one night from binging on food. And the next morning, I did something I never did before. I got down on my knees, and I looked up, and I said, God, help me. At that time, I didn't know about OA or any, anything except actually Alcoholics Anonymous. And as I was kneeling there on the floor, a thought came into my head, go to a meeting. And I thought, yeah, I'll go to an AA meeting. At the very least, a little voice was telling me, if I get to a meeting, I can drink some coffee and feel better. I quickly dressed, went to the Alano Club, got down, walked down the stairs to the big fluorescent lit room, and the tables were all set, the coffee was on, and there was nobody there. But there was a door that was open on the other side of that room that had never been opened before in all the times I'd, I'd gone there. And there was a light on in it. And I walked across that room, and I walked, I walked into that little room where the light was on. And as I walked into it, there were some tables on the side of the room. And as I walked past those tables, there was a lady sitting there. And I, I didn't look at her. I just kept minding my own business and walking forward. And as I walked past her, she said, OA. And my ears were ringing, you know, in the same way they are tonight. And I, I didn't hear correctly. For whatever reason, I, I thought she said, go away. So I didn't turn around yet, and, and I'm thinking, gee, I wonder why she's telling me to go away. What, what's this all about? So I turned around, and I said, what did you say? And she said, this is OA. And I said, what's OA? And she said, this is a program for people that have a problem with food. And I was stunned. I was like a deer in headlights. I said, can I join the meeting? And she said, sure, I smiled, have a seat. And the, the meeting started filling up with uh, all kinds of nice, happy, exuberant uh, uh, people in normal, thin-sized bodies. Um, and it was wonderful. It, it was amazing. Um, as uh you know life is kind of like a party really um you know you, you invite a lot of people over uh some of them leave early some of the people stay all night and and some of them come up and laugh with you and some of them laugh at you and, and some of them show up really late but in the end after all the fun there's a few at that party that are going to stay in, they're going to help you clean up the mess. And most of the time, 
they're not even the ones who made the mess. And these people are your true friends in life. And they're the ones that really matter. And these were the people that I met when I walked into Overeaters Anonymous 40 years ago. These are the people that knew that little saying, all the good luck and all the good wishes can never replace help with the dishes. They helped me with my dishes. They helped me to get a program. They helped me to get a connection with a higher power. They helped me in so many ways. They listened to me. And they also told me to keep coming back, that I didn't have to be, that I didn't have to worry about doing it perfectly. They just told me, keep coming back, and I did. And so today I I need to remember that I can stop trying to be perfect and I can start being remarkable like all of you. I'm just another OA member. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a healer. I'm another patient here. And the most valuable possession I have is my story of how this, this disease wiped out my whole life. But at one point, I was able to get to my knees, ask for help from a higher power greater than myself. And in that moment, a miracle happened. I was able to take some action. I I called a guy and I said, will you sponsor me? And he said, yeah. And uh, so I... Uh, I I started doing the program and started doing the steps and uh, I got abstinent. Uh, you know, I've had my ups and downs over the years. I've, 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 I've had some really hellish experiences. I've had uh, the, this, this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And I never want to forget that. There's a little story about... Uh, a, a big cat that sits by the window in a house every day and there's a mockingbird that comes up to that window and he's always mocking the cat and making fun of him. And uh, the cat, you know, he's he's just watching him. And uh, so the mockingbird comes up day after day and, you know, just playing around and mocking the cat. And one day you're walking up the, the driveway And you see that cat walking down the driveway and he's got that bird in its mouth and all those feathers are fanned out and that bird is wiggling and it's trying to get free. And the reason I tell that story, it's not a really pretty story, but this isn't a pretty disease. That cat is this disease. And if I play with this disease, It's game over. For me today, as I said earlier, recovery means going to any length to stay abstinent. Anything, anything, any person, place, thing, or situation that gets in way of my abstinence, I eliminate them from my life. I do that in the most kind and loving way. I have to take care of myself. If I lose my abstinence, I lose everything. I come from pretty high numbers. Today, I'm in a normal, thin-sized body. 
I can walk into a store and try on clothes. It's wonderful to be able to do that. I can move my body. I can go for a run. I can ride my bike. If I wanted to, I could put on a pair of roller skates. OA has given me freedom. But it took me a long time to get to that point because I had to be beaten down by this disease. I had to understand and really study that first step and realize that this is a disease of delusion. It's a, it's a disease where I need to always remember that I'm susceptible to irrational thinking. I'm susceptible a lot of times to the irrational thinking of people, places, and things around me. So I have to practice situational awareness. A lot of times as I go through my day, most of the time I have to stay out of step with the rest of the world. I have to take care of myself. I don't need it in restaurants. One of the first things I learned about being abstinent is I make my own meals. I know some of us do, and I have. But anymore, these days anymore, I don't, I don't eat meals in restaurants because I don't know what's in the food. And I'm just not going to take that chance. If someone else wants to, that's okay. They don't have the same disease I do. This disease is, is powerful. But this disease, this, uh, this program is powerful too. And it's powerful medicine. Um, some of the things, some of the crazy things that I can, that I did while I was into the food, I can remember one night in particular standing in a, a line of a, a party store with uh, bags and boxes of stuff in my hands, uh, you know, waiting to put my stuff down in the conveyor belt, uh, you know, to get out of the store. And, but before I did that, looking at the stuff in my hands and thinking, is this going to be enough? Is this going to do it? Are these two containers of frozen carbohydrates going to be enough? And you know something? Never was enough. There was never was enough. I, uh, I had to remember that delusion on the top of page 30 in the big book. That The way we read it when I came in 40 years ago was, the delusion of every compulsive eater is that someday, somehow, he will be able to control and enjoy his food, eating food. And that was me. <clears throat> I'm not like other people. Food is fuel. My meals are all good meals. I enjoy a lot of my meals. But I pray before my meals. I tell God I'm powerless. I get, first thing I do when I get up in the morning, I, I hit my knees and I say, God, I need some help with my thinking today. I was uh, committing my food the other day to my sponsor that I've had for many, many years now. And, and one of the last things I told him, I said, I'm, I'm going to try not to think today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pray as I go through my day. And, and I know today that any, any moment of my day that I spend in prayer is never last time. Uh, I take the third step every day. I also take time off for 11-step time. I have a little chapel down the street, and if I don't have that, I just go somewhere quiet. Sometimes I'll just sit down, and I might say a little prayer, but, but I might not. I might just sit down and just listen to myself breathe for about 10 or 20 minutes. 
But what's interesting is that something remarkable happens every once in a while. There's that word again. On the bottom of page 62, it says that we had to quit playing God. I had to quit playing God. I had to quit trying to control the food and other people and places and things. It talks on the bottom of, top of page 62 about the, the nature of my disease, selfishness driven by a hundred forms of selfishness, you know, dishonesty, selfishness, and self-centeredness. Dishonesty, fear, you name it. That was me. I was, a walking, well, I was walking around just full of fear and just cramming food down my, my mouth. It's not a fun way to, to live. It really isn't. And I'm glad that I don't have to live that way today. I got so much to be grateful for. Oh, I don't know why today is, was kind of a, I don't know. There was a number of things that went on today, but it's not important. What is important is the bottom line. I'm abstinent now. I'm abstinent by the grace of God. It's not anything that I did. When I came into the program, people talked about the gift of abstinence. It's important for me to remember that, that abstinence is a gift. Abstinence is not something that I achieve. Abstinence is something that I receive. I receive it from my higher power in a nutshell, by just doing the right thing, by just doing the few simple little things, by reaching out to others, by remembering that if I'm going to make it, I have to make sacrifices. I have to, a lot of days as I'm going through my life, I, I, have, I realize that I have to sacrifice my personal ambitions. I have to sacrifice the way I feel about things. I have to sacrifice my my uh, be, my ideas about things to make things safe in a group and to make things safe for me. This, when I read the story, Roseanne's story, I'm, I want to give a shout out for the third edition of uh, the our uh, beloved OA Brown book. And I, I got to say, if you don't have the OA Brown book, if if you're within the sound of my voice, you've got to go out and get this book, buy it or download it on your Kindle. Uh, this book is is incredible, and it starts out with Roseanne's story, and there's several versions of Roseanne's story, and the one that's in this book is just it's very moving. I need it. I'm gonna I'll probably read it again pretty soon. Uh, Someone told me once at a meeting, they said it's not so important to tell someone how to do something as it is to tell them why we do it that way. And that was important to me. Uh, Five-minute reminder. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, because uh, I thought as long as someone just gave me the information, I'd be okay. You know, I remember one of the meetings I went to, a lady said, hey, have you got, got a food plan yet? And I said, no. And inside I was thinking, well, I'm not that bad yet. Uh, as a compulsive reader, I cannot get through my days 
I cannot fool myself to think that I can get through my days with just minimum help. I need maximum help from a higher power. I need all of you. I need to remember those little sayings that I heard when I came into the rooms 40 years ago. The ones that went, when we stop knee bending, we start backsliding. And the opposite of that is true. Another saying I heard is, if your phone isn't ringing, pick it up and call someone. But most importantly, I came to fully understand those first three words of the second step, came to believe. I came to believe, by coming to the meetings, I came to believe that I just didn't have to live like that anymore. I came to believe in a power greater than myself. I came to believe in a power greater than myself who loved and cared about me more than I would ever know. A power greater than myself that protected and cared for me and helped me get abstinent. I wasn't going to share this, but I, I think I'm going to share it anyhow. The other day I was in a store, just a store, just looking around. And at one point I just stopped, I was looking at something and a woman walked up to me, a stranger about my age. And she walked up to me and smiled and she said, I just want to tell you that you look really nice. Now I got to be careful with stuff like that. My higher power is responsible for that. But if she would have seen what I looked like many years ago, that would have never happened. This disease is a killer, but this program is, uh, is my medicine. This OA program for me is like insulin for a diabetic. Uh, I have no delusions or illusions about my disease today. I'm powerless over food. I know that for me, food is a mood altering drug. And so I have three weighted measured meals a day with nothing in between but life, coffee, and water and diet soda. And today I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams. I've had some pretty amazing things happen. A few years ago, my wife had a violent stroke. She, I, I went to see her at the emergency. I didn't know if she would live. And then I, didn't, I went into a state of shock. I didn't know what to do. The next morning I woke up, I got on my knees and I said, God, I'm powerless over food and I need your help. And I got on the phone, talked to my sponsor, submitted my food for the day, and he was there to encourage me and tell me that everything was going to be all right as long as I remembered that my abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. And the last thing we said that morning is the same thing I said say to him every single morning that I talk to him 
that I have for close to a decade now, we say three words. And those three words are, no matter what, no matter what happens, I'm, my abstinence is number one, with God's help. I just want to leave you with, we want to reach out to each other and we want to make each other happy. And if, if our phone isn't ringing, we can pick it up and call someone. And I know today that if I can make someone happy, if I can calm or comfort someone, I just might be happy too. My name is Dan and I'm a grateful, compulsive eater and member of Overeaters Anonymous. This program is astonishing. It works. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me share. And I'll leave my number after the recording. <laughs>